Ladies and, well, ladies. We're talking business. Ladies' business. No, not that ladies' business. Ladies in business. Especially tradie business. Whether you're a CEO, self-employed, working for someone or supporting someone else in theirs, this is a podcast about ladies in tradie businesses. Join your host, Nick Cox, one half of Tradies in Business and the Tradiepreneur Program, as she interviews inspirational, everyday, motivational and extraordinary women from all industries and walks of life about what it takes to be a truly successful, modern lady in business. Amy Jones, I think our listeners are very lucky they don't get to hear the sexy American lady tell us that we're recording this podcast. Oh, she's gorgeous. (laughs) Isn't she? How are you feeling, Amy? Nervous, I'll be honest. This is what we're going to be talking about today a bit, isn't it? We've agreed. It is. Mm -hmm. Uh, Listeners, please welcome with me. Uh, I'm joined today by a very good friend of mine, Amy Jones. Amy happens to be a client, but also a very good friend. Amy's been working with us here at Tradies and Business for, gosh, you must be coming up almost two years now, Amy. I think so, yeah. Yep, right from right back when we first released that very first product that we don't talk about anymore because we do it a lot better now, um, all the way through to now. So we'd be getting close to two years. That's a long-term relationship with a coach. It is. <laughs> it's crazy. Well, not that I'd know because you're the first coaches I've ever had. So. <laughs> it's, it's a good new. relationship. Um, it we is. love it. Warwick had a client that he worked with for almost seven years. So um, some relationships unnecessary longer and that's actually a big part of what we're talking about today um so amy and her husband have a tree company they're arborists and their tree company is called touchwood trees always have to stop and think because we have a couple of you and i don't want to get you confused um (laughs) and then i have a local one that's actually quite close to your name as well um and We were actually going to talk a little bit about fear today because it's something Amy and I hold each other accountable to quite frequently, starting with right back at the beginning of our relationship. And I think that's a big part of how it started. Um, But Amy, before we go too far down this rabbit hole, how about you tell your listeners who you are, uh, how you came to be working with us and a little bit more about who Amy is as a person. Yeah, so this is um, ever-changing, I think. Um, the basics, I'm a wife, I'm a mum of three, ranging from five to 14, to very interesting, and I'm a business owner. Um, and I'm only just, since working with you guys, referring to myself as a business owner. Um, I used to refer to myself as a stay-at-home mum. <laughs> so, yeah, like most of my day is taken up by being a mum, a wife, or a business owner. Um, yeah, there hasn't really been a great deal of time for much else uh, recently, but yeah, that's basically it. COVID certainly threw a spanner in the works for anything else in our life, hasn't it? Oh, it certainly did. Between homeschooling and continuing to run a business, you guys were, um, like many tradies, very fortunate that we are able to continue to work. Um, which which is complicated, even though, yes, it's absolutely fantastic. It did bring a whole new level of complexity for you guys in terms of scheduling the work, getting the right people at the right place at the right time, and that's continuing. That's not something that's going away. So let's not dwell on it because it becomes quite depressing, as we've decided a few times. It does. 
Um, I'd love to chat first about the whole business owner thing because it's something you and I had in common. And I know personally how life-changing it was just to give myself a title within my business and take ownership and step into that space rather than uh, downplaying, which I think women are particularly good at. We're incredible at downplaying the role that we take in our family life but also in our professional lives. Um, Before you became a business owner, you were essentially doing a lot of the similar things that you're doing now. Sure, we've certainly added a lot more feathers to your cap and... Uh, you were still doing, you were contributing in the same sort of way. You were spending as much time in your day working with the business as you are now as a business owner. What were you doing before and what are you doing now and how are they different or similar? Yeah, so um, we did start the business together. So I've never felt like it was my husband's business that I'm just helping in. I've always felt like it's my business. Um, Before I sort of just really did like the back end stuff. I answered the phone occasionally, um, you know, did all the books and and all the rest of that. Um, I think I stepped up into that business owner role though where I had the confidence to, yeah, when, like when people say, oh, what do you do? I used to say I'm a stay-at-home mum and then casually I'd throw in somewhere, you know, I do the books for our business, whereas now... I say, I run a business, mm-hmm. you know, and then it goes, oh, oh, so what do you do? And then the conversation goes on from there. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think it was all confidence mm-hmm. where, where it changed um, and getting over those fears. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking you just led me into that one. Maybe. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that's where it changed. So fear is something that... Um... You know what? This is really interesting. Well, I think it's interesting. I'll toot my own horn. Prior to meeting my husband, who's a great communicator, and we we talk a lot, and and probably actually prior to having adult male children, I always thought the fear was something that women only felt. We felt the fear of failure or the fear of people laughing at us or the fear of not being enough or I have hundreds of fears or I have had hundreds of fears and it holds me back frequently. It, gets, it means that I'm putting myself in my own way all of the time. Um, and I always thought it was just women, wholeheartedly women, because we would maybe not share all of our fears, but if somebody was brave enough to say that they had a fear about something, then you'd hear the chorus of other women saying, oh, my gosh, I felt that way too. Don't worry, it'll be fine. Whereas I never really heard it from men until I met my now husband who speaks quite frequent, f- freely about these things. And I have one of my children in particular is very free with his feelings and he's quite happy to chat through where he's at. Um, so it surprised me that men actually fear as well, other than snakes and spiders, which was my assumption of where their fears laid. So it still shocks me that they have the same sort of fears as us, but they don't have the ability, or they choose not to have the ability to talk about it as freely as you and I do, certainly, and, and, and the larger part of our community does, because it requires that sense of vulnerability. So it's we've got to be okay with actually opening up and saying we have a fear about something and then perhaps not being supported the way we might like to be supported, which is, I think, maybe where that fear actually comes from? Yes. I do think um, men really do struggle. And it was a shock to me also to know that, you know, the blokes, they do have the same fears. Mm. You know, it's they have the same fears about their bodies, their, mm. you know, how much money they earn, whether they're supporting their family well enough, all of those things. But they don't have that free space to voice it the way women do. 
And I think when they do voice it, if it isn't received well, they can shut it down and go backwards Mm. and it's no longer safe to do that. And I think that may be why men don't is because maybe they have all been shut down, whether it was even in childhood, Mm. you know, as a little boy crying, being told to stop crying or you sound like a girl or that kind of stuff. I think those fears are really deep and, yeah, it is. And once you do have that relationship where you can open up and be vulnerable with each other, Brent and I have been together 20 years and I can tell you we're still a work in progress and there's still things we learn now and, you know, we were friends for 10 years or so before that. So, yeah, it does take a lot to open up and and admit that you're scared of something mm-hmm. and at the same time that's where the magic happens. It's so cliché. Oh. And, I, you know, there's books about this stuff and it's ridiculously cliche and yet it's so incredibly true. And if I bring this back just to today, you and I were talking this morning, I checked in on you, knowing that you were feeling a bit apprehensive about doing the podcast. I hope it's okay that I've just outed you. Yep. <laughs> not alone because every single person that I have that, that sits here and talks with us feels the same way. It's the fear of the unknown. They don't know what it's, what's going to happen. They don't, they're frightened of making a fool of themselves or saying the wrong thing or having a mental blank. And you know what? It happens all the time. It happens to me. I have mental blanks and have to go down a new road. Um, but this morning we were talking about that. Okay, how are you feeling about the podcast? And I shared with you, I actually had a huge fear today. I was heading out to my first ever group Pilates class. I've been doing solo classes or private classes for a couple of months now, but I decided it was time to step out into a group class. And I was absolutely crapping myself. I was so nervous. I was so worried that I'd stuff something up and I did. I was so worried that I wouldn't do it right and I didn't do it right. And I was so worried that I would make a fool of myself and I totally did. And so did every other woman in that class. And some of them have been going for years. Like they're they're really good at Pilates, like the people you see on the TV. And yet if I hadn't of actually just made a decision to just put my hand up and say, you know what, I'm gonna do this. I wouldn't be able to go twice a week. I wouldn't be able to have the fun that I experienced today. I wouldn't get the high that I felt as I drove home in the car, fist pumping in the air because I'd finally made it to a group class because we we get stuck in that fear. We allow our self-doubt and our self-sabotage to get in the way so that we don't push outside of that. And I guess I'm leading through this to come to the point to say to you, Amy, how do you push through that when you feel the fear? Um, It's hard. It is really hard and as corny as it's going to sound, you push me a lot of the time, very lovingly push me over the edge and let me know that I can do okay. Um, And so far I haven't fallen yet. (laughs) I've managed to um, fly every time. Um, I have to actually stop and consciously make a decision Mm. that I'm terrified and stuff it, I'm going to do it anyway. Um, Brene Brown is um, a big thing that she's always in my head. Um, you know, what is the worst that can happen? Yeah. I like, I, I might sound stupid. People might laugh at me and I'm like, you know what? Get up here with me. Mm. You, you, nobody has the right to put you down if they're not doing it. And most of the people who are happy to point out flaws other people not doing anything. They're the people sitting safely on their couch pointing fingers at everybody, not actually out there 
taking risks and having a go. So what's the worst that can happen mm-hmm. is I do fail and, yeah, the people around me will be there to help pick it up and we can get back on with it. I think that's really important. So taking it to worst case scenario, understanding what that looks like and then getting comfortable with it. Sitting yes. with it. So that was for me this morning. It was sitting here prior to leaving. I'd had um, a session with a client. I was sitting in my office and I was getting quite nervous. I'm, I'm free to admit I was feeling really nervous. I felt sick in the stomach. I even felt a little trembly as I walked in the door. I was that nervous. And I'm like, okay, so the worst thing that can happen is I'll fall down and I'll smash my face on the ground and I might end up with a blood nose or something. Okay, that's actually all right because if that happens, uh, it's because something was beyond my capabilities and that's what the instructor is there for. So if they're going to laugh at anyone or be upset with anyone, it would be the instructor, not me. So, okay, tick that one off. That's not so bad. And then I was thinking, okay, well, they might laugh at me because I get it wrong. Oh, well, I'm only learning. I wouldn't laugh at a kid that was learning and I would encourage my children to go out and give something a try. So I'll tick that one off. That's not as terrible as it sounds. Didn't stop me from still being apprehensive or nervous as I walked in the door. Also didn't stop me from really enjoying it and fist pumping on the way out the door because it was much better than I had anticipated. But it is a process. It's an acknowledgement that I'm feeling really frightened about this. Well, what am I feeling frightened about? Let's unpack what that looks like. And this can all be done in a 30 second conversation in your own head. It doesn't need to be a lengthy process identifying what those actual fear points are and then what's the worst that can happen. Okay, it's generally not as terrible as you think it's going to be. It's not often going to cause you pain. It's not often going to cause you much more than a bit of embarrassment. But my goodness, don't we all get embarrassed at times? And what is the embarrassment anyway? It's just another manifestation of fear. Exactly. And hey, you can always find a new Pilates studio. Gosh, you can. And I don't need to because I stuffed it today and I can go back next week and everything will be fine. But that's that's the entire point. And I think in business, we very much hold ourselves back as business owners because of fear. I'm too frightened to get on stage and talk to somebody. I'm too frightened to jump on a podcast and let people know what I've learned along the way. Or I'm too frightened to answer the phone. I remember very right back in the beginning, and this is a common fear for our tradie wives, because they feel like they don't know enough about the trade. They feel a fear around answering the phone because somebody might ask them a question they don't know the answer to. And yet, as you learned, you don't actually need to know all of the stuff, do you? No, you don't. And I I looked back, you know, when I was 17, I worked in a servo. I answered the phone there and it could have been anybody from suppliers to, you know, just a client. Mm. You answered the questions you could answer. And the ones that you couldn't, you found the answers or you directed it to the person that it needed to go to. Like, and I was confident in that role. I was really confident in that role. I think when the buck stops with you, when you're Mm. like the top of the chain, I think that maybe was a little bit scarier and I didn't have that same confidence then because I felt like I, being the business owner, should know everything. But at the end of the day, doesn't matter, you know, I'm pretty sure Mark Boris doesn't know everything he would probably have to find the right person to answer the the things that aren't in his area. So, yeah, it it is. It's just a matter of stepping in, worst-case scenario, can I deal with that and go from there. And so far I haven't had worst-case scenario. It rarely if ever happens. And if it does, you've already gone through it 100 times in your head anyway, so it's not as bad as it feels like when you think of it in the first place because you've already rehearsed how you're going to behave. Yeah. that's that's the bit that gets us over the line is understanding, okay, worst case scenario looks like this. If that happens, I'm going to behave in this way. 
oh, I'll be fine. Everything will be okay. But it doesn't mean you don't have to pep talk as you walk through the door or you don't have to pep talk as you press into the Zoom call today to actually begin the podcast. There's still that process of being your own biggest supporter, but you don't have to do it alone either, do you? I think that's the, it's a point we glossed over earlier, having people in your team and making sure that they're all on the same side as you, they're there to support you, they're there to catch you if you do fall and prop you back up so you can keep going. That's got to be the most important part, I think, of finding your own version of success is creating that team around you. And for everybody, the team looks different. For my team, very much, it's my clients. My clients keep me very accountable. Um, It's my husband, it's my business partner, and it's my children. Everything I do, I stop and think, well, what would my kids think of this? Is this the right choice to make? Yeah. Much easier when they're adults because they're watching everything that you do. And yet we all have different teams. So what does your team look like, Amy? How do you find that support when you need that support? So for me, Brendan, um, you know, having been 20 years is a long time Mm -hmm. to spend with somebody. Um, So I do find that that's the first protocol for me. Like we've got that little team together. And then moving out, I think you and Woz um, have been huge in helping us move forward and and being that you will push me and you will catch me um and then beyond that um in business I think one of the best teams is that community that you guys have built you other business owners in the same position I've made some friends I'm going to have for life through TIB um and I think having that group of people and everybody's willing to be vulnerable there, Mm. which for me, like we're all living to everybody else's highlight reel, like everybody's Instagram and that's not life. It it really isn't. And I think we, they're the standards we set for ourselves. So to have that, that team, especially the TIB team who are all happy to stand up and go, I've messed up. I don't know that. I'm flying by the seat of my pants too. When we're all looking in, we're looking going, oh, my God, they've got it so together. Their business is incredible. Their life's awesome. Yeah, and like Ash said, driving the brand new highlights. And from the outside, everything looks amazing. But then when you get into those groups and that small group where you guys have created a safe space to be vulnerable and you realise, oh, yeah, this person's struggling with that too and, I'm not the only one that that can't get dinner on the table at a certain time and run a business. Like to know that I'm actually not failing, that I'm exactly where everybody else is. It's just that some of us, like one day you might be doing really well in your business life, but your personal life's got shit. Or, you know, you're acing it as a mum, but you've let the phone calls go with work. Like, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. And everybody else is doing it too. It's just they're not posting it on Instagram. And I think that that helps to have that safe space and know, um, yeah, that that you're not alone. And I think in business, that's my team, I think, that gets me through. You know, we've got the accountant and the bookkeeper, all that for, you know, the times when, you know, zero's stuffed up and I need help with that. But to me, that's more like the general stuff. I think the the team that gets us through is that that TIB team 
of other business owners that are in the same position as us. We're really lucky to have such a great community of, of tradies and tradie wives that are just so willing to be open and share. Um, I still It still blows my mind. And, I, you know, you reference back to talking about not getting the dinner on the table. One of our kick-ass members last night was driving through McDonald's as we were on one of our coaching calls. Like that's the reality of life. And we, you're totally right. We don't share that on Instagram. In fact, I'm going to make it my mission to show everybody how shit my office is at the moment. It's covered in crap everywhere because Christmas is here and suddenly I, I can't find time to do anything. But that's reality. That's normality. And we don't talk enough about that. And I think that's a big part of what creates some of that fear is that we think everything has to be perfect and our ideas of perfection get in the way of just giving something a go. And I know that that's something that a lot of our members have struggled with over time, you know, wanting something to be perfect before they roll it out or wanting to have all of the knowledge before they actually answer the phone or wanting to know exactly how to build an entire house before they get involved in the building company where none of that is actually practical and it's not the way any of us learn anyway. I guess looking back to your fears that stopped you from stepping over the threshold uh, without the support, what were some of those things that you found really challenging to do that you needed to push for? I think for me personally, my biggest fear was that I wasn't good enough. Mm. And I, I don't know where that came from because as a teenager and in my early 20s, I was a really confident person. Like I was really confident in what I could do. I knew that I couldn't do everything. Um, but the things that I could do, I was confident doing. I think once you become a mum and your life changes and everything revolves around being the mum and looking after other people, I think you sort of lose a little bit of yourself. Well, I did because, you know, my my whole world revolved around being the mum and the wife. Um, and, yeah, like I, I was at home. I was a stay-at-home mum. I didn't have, you know, like that work family that you could go and you still knew that you could do things um yeah and and again I think I was looking at everybody's highlight reels and thinking that everybody had it together and here I am shitting myself Mm -hmm. thinking I'm not going to be good enough uh and then I did it and I I only did it because you guys guys kind of pushed pushed me um but, yeah, like once I did it, I realised it wasn't as scary as I thought. And I was, I'm here you're talking about in every podcast when you say about getting it perfect before you start. That's me. I I won't send an email out because I'll reread it and think, oh, that's not good enough, so I'll, I won't do it. Mm. And then nothing gets done. And that was a perfect example with our sales process. Mm-hmm. I just did it. I just started it. And then I went, oh, that could be tweaked a bit. And I tweaked it and it didn't matter. It didn't matter that it wasn't perfect because it, it was it went out. And mm-hmm. our not perfect is still better than other businesses not doing anything at all. So true. And I think that realisation really changes the way we do anything, either in business or personally, is understanding that version one's actually okay. It's okay to start at version one and tweak and change as we move forward, particularly in business, but I think in life as well. Um version one is really important you have to start there before you can move forward or you do get stuck and it's polarizing waiting for perfection is absolutely polarizing because it never ever happens and it's the mother of all get in the way and stop shit from getting done tool is trying to reach that perfect point and finally understanding that it doesn't actually exist is what 
I guess, pushes you over the line. Specifically, though, in the business, um, we talked about answering the phone earlier. That was a bit of a challenging point for you. There have been other fear points for you within the business that you've had to, at various times, step up to the table, confront and move forward with. What sort of things did you find challenging to say, okay, I'm going to do straight away without some extra maybe shoving and pushing and (laughs) shoving again? So I think... um one of my biggest fears and one of the things that held me back, um, and this goes back to building up stories in our own heads, was that I I never wanted to take over from Brendan. Mm. Like I didn't ever want to push him or make him feel that because we've always had that relationship where he's good at some things and I'm terrible. Like, I mean, musically, my entire family, the kids and Brendan, I'm so musical. I couldn't play a recorder to save my life. <laughs> but then there's other things. I'm good at maths and numbers and and that. And I, I, I think it, it's, I don't want to go too deep into all the rabbit holes, but the whole patriarchy thing and mm-hmm. women being kept in their places, not that I've had many in my life like that, but it's still there a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I didn't ever want to feel like the the wife that took over everything um and then I realized once I did start doing things Brendan never thought that at all and he was actually like so relieved to have somebody step in and take over the things and take some of the weight off him so that that was probably the biggest fear and once the phones were probably the catalyst there Mm. when um, he handed me his phone and we got him a new personal number. Once we did that and I saw the weight lift off his shoulders and that he didn't sit there and go, oh, she's taken over everything, that was like, oh, hang on, we're a team and let's just do what we both do well. And Mm. and it's, it's not a no competition and he didn't look at it that way. It was all in my head and from there I think it got a bit easier because I knew that we were on the same page and it was for the good of the business. Nothing that we did was personal. It was all what's best for the business. What's best for the business is for me to answer the phone and you go do what you're good at and that's out up a tree. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think things got easier after that when I, you know, say, well, I can do it, I have done it, and, again, what's the worst that can happen? And just do it. Just do it. And that's where things got a lot easier, I think. I'm still terrified of some things. Mm. But, again, I do the little what's the worst that can happen, I'm really scared. I do find, for me, I'm not somebody that can, you talk about faking it till you make it, I'm a person who will come in and go, I'm terrified and go from there because I don't feel authentic pretending that I'm not. So to me, I'm like if I'm straight up honest that I am terrified and, and anxious about something, one, people might go a bit easier on me. Um, but it's also leaving the door open for others to know that Absolutely. I'm not here as somebody who knows what I'm doing and has got it all together. I'm just an average person. And if I can push through these fears, your fears are normal as well. 
Got to Absolutely. And I think that I think we tend to um, glorify people around us or even put them on a pedestal in which they, do, they don't deserve any more than we do or vice versa, don't. And I think that the thing that we often forget when we're looking to others and making those comparisons is that they all had to learn as well. They weren't born with the knowledge that they have. They've had to start at the bottom, admit they didn't know something and learn through that process as well. But we just throw that out the window when we're looking at others because we're so busy comparing, well, I should be able to do this or I should be able to do what they do or I, I should have done it before. Like there's all these shoulda, couldas instead of understanding that it's just a journey. We're all on a journey at a different time in a different space. And when the time is right, we'll move through to the next thing that we need to learn or do should we decide that we want to. It's also okay not to. It's okay to, if you wish to let fear get in the way and that's what stops you from doing something, that's actually okay. It's just being okay with some things aren't going to be okay for you. I will never be okay with snakes. I do not need to push that fear. I do not need to open the door and go through therapy and all the stuff to be okay with snakes. I'm just going to be okay that I'm not okay with them. I'm likewise, spiders aren't as bad, but they're pretty close. Yet I'm perfectly happy to, maybe not happy in the moment, but I am okay with pushing through and leaning into the fear that I have around some other areas like um, starting a podcast on my own. Thank you very much, Warwick, or going to a group Pilates class. They're the kinds of things that I don't want fear to get in the way of. And so I make a commitment to myself that I'm just actually going to step into that and give it a crack. Whereas that's not always easy to do when we're busy comparing ourselves to others because we just make ourselves feel worse. I think comparison is the worst thing any of us ever do in life. Definitely. As much for our own self-esteem as for what we show our children or our family or our partners through that process as well. Yeah. It's not easy. So, Amy, what next for you now that we've pushed you into a second podcast? Um, there's a big wide world uh, out there waiting for you. You bring a lot of vulnerability. You're an amazing supporter of all of those within our group. And I see a lot of, as yet, not stepped into fear. Um, and I think there's some amazing things ahead of you. But what, what's on focus for you? What would you like to do next? Um, I think I want to get a little bit more comfortable in this role. This year has been a bit of a roller coaster. Um our youngest starts school next year. So it has been a real juggle, especially with lockdowns, trying to homeschool two kids with a preschooler and work. I don't feel that anything's gotten 100% of my attention this year. So I think next year, once she's at school, I think is going to be the start of radio. Let's get shit done. Let's mm -hmm. make some big goals and and smash them out like we have all of our other recent goals. I have spent the last 18 months taking a lot of stuff off Brendan's plate to make his life a little bit easier. Mm -hmm. I think next year is going to be looking at making my life a little bit easier and getting the processes in place to um, outsource some of the stuff that I do. Um, I think that's a big one on my list so that then so far we've sort of done the big swing. It's gone from everything was on Brendan and then it's eased off him a little bit and now it's all on me and I'm trying to juggle everything. So, yeah, I do want to get to that point where I have a day every week that I don't actually do anything in the office. But, you know, I mean, we've already started. We've got like the virtual answering service and stuff. But I would like to be able to completely step away once a week and have that to 
even if it is just to get the house clean to mm-hmm. my standards. But, but yeah, because at the moment, <laughs> it looks like a bomb's gone in it. But yeah, I do want to make my life a little bit easier in the office so that then I can focus more on the business growth rather than just there every day putting out fires. So it's time to work on the business and not on the tools, yeah? Definitely. <laughs> so do you have any fear around actually letting go some of that everyday stuff that you're currently doing? Hell yeah. <laughs> Delegation's tough. And it's hard because I am a bit of a control freak. Yeah. So, um, and again, you know, I've spent all this time saying that Brendan's had the business in his head and now it's just in my head. Yes. So like my stuff's in, in my head and I need to get all of that out. And again, that fear of version one, version one's going to suck. Um, <laughs> but I have to, I have to get version one down so that then we can get to version 10. Mm. And um, yeah, I think that um, it can be really, you know, there's a lot of fear around delegating because somebody might let you down. And actual fact, most times when we've been let down, it's ourselves that are letting, doing the letting down. I know myself even, I often struggle to communicate well to some of our subcontractors. I really suck at it, actually, I've, I've discovered. And so um, that's another area in which we as a business team lead into our strengths and weaknesses. And so it's not my forte to communicate to some of those subbies around what I require from them. So I leave it to Warwick because he does a much better job of it. And then there are some things that Warwick doesn't do as strongly as I do. So he leaves it to me. And and within that, um, he called it yin and yang yesterday. And within that yin and yang, we found a, a combined strength that we can move forward. And I think with delegation to team, you have to again find that combined strength. So it's finding what their strengths are. Their strengths might be the data entry. It might be client service. It might be answering the phones. It might be calendar implementation and managing client bookings. We don't know until we have them in place, I suppose, and then and observing what their strengths are. And then, okay, the, this is your responsibility. You're best at it. I'm going to concentrate on this because this is what I'm best of in the business. And in your case, I think a lot of that is around the goal setting, the steering of the ship, understanding what's next, putting some of those practical things in place so that we can get to the next goal that's on the horizon. You guys have done a lot with goals and um, kicked goals butt actually over the last definitely 18 months, I would say maybe even a little bit longer. Um, And I think you've learned a very important lesson that I do recall one of our other members tabling uh, early on in one of our big group sessions around be careful what you wish for because you're going to get it if you start working towards it. And I wondered if you had any insight on on reaching the goals. Like how, how did you find the goals? How did you set them? And then how did you tick them off, get what you were looking for? It's, it's funny because you do, you go through life like with these goals going, well, how good would it be to get that? And it's actually terrifying <laughs> because – like I'm used to not failing, but, you know, it's easy there. It's easy when you know, I don't know what it's like to be, you know, ultra successful and all that kind of stuff. So that that's, that's scary. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, our, we, we've had some really big goals over the past two years that we've smashed and some of them were set <laughs> in um, our first 
meeting with you and was because I was asked questions. So I'm like, oh, I don't know. I still remember that um, the profit and the turnover goal. Yeah, me too. And I'm like, I don't know. We've just gone every year. Well, what did we make this year? Like we'd never started a year thinking, what do we want to earn this year? We just went, well, you know, when the work's there, the work's there. If it's not, it's not, we'll try to find more. And at the end of the year, we'd see the accountant and go, oh, cool, we earned that much money. Mm. So when Was put me on the spot that day and asked me for a turnover goal and a profit goal, I'm like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. And as you remember, would remember, I just pulled a number out of the air. Didn't think that it was ever going to happen because it was a huge number as far as I was concerned. And then we smashed it mm. because I put it out there. Mm-hmm. And once we put it out there, it, everything came together. And this is where I got, like, I, I am a little bit woo-woo. Um, and I do believe in the power of attraction and all that kind of stuff. So for me, it was actually putting it out there to the universe that this is what we wanted and it makes you focus differently mm-hmm. instead of just being okay with whatever comes it was like right yeah, well this is this is what we want so then that's what you start to put your attention into and when you put your attention to something obviously you reap the rewards from that attention so totally um, do you yeah. think um, fear ever gets in the way of some of your bigger goals Definitely. It's incredible, isn't it? I, I, like, I don't even want to put them on paper sometimes because, yeah, like when we talk in the 90-day planning sessions about, you know, what do you want? And I sit there and I think about, you know, total off-the-scale dreams of what I want. I'm like, no, I could never write that down because it's too much or I don't deserve that or... I would never get there or that's for other people. And so then you scale back a little bit. And I don't know if I, I might be the only person who does this, but I do. I scale it back down and go, you know, I can't really put that because mm-hmm. that's been greedy or, yeah, and I do. I don't write them write them down. And I'll be honest, I, do, I really, really do pull back because of fear and I, I can't even pinpoint what the fear is from. That's a really good point and now you've made it, I'm going to chase you every session to look out and yeah. <laughs> I do the same thing. If I'm honest, I do the same thing. I, I, we recently did an exercise. I, I don't know if I showed every all of our group, but um, the builder and I started a book and it was our goals book and there are goals in there about retirement and stuff and some of the things he was saying, I'm like, oh, that's that's a bit over the top. Do you really want to? And do you know what it was? It was just he wanted to be able to afford to eat out every day if he wanted to. Like it's a flippant thing for him, but he understands that being social is really important to him. And so in his retirement, um, obviously, well, you assume your social circle reduces, but who knows what actually happens. So he wanted to be able to eat out every day um, at his favourite cafe or, or go out for dinner at his favourite restaurant. And I really thought, like, man, that's a bit ambitious. We don't need to do that. That, you know, we can pull that back a bit. It doesn't need to be that big. How stupid's that? Why am I standing in my own way and not reaching for what I want? I've done the same with cars. I've done the same with homes. I've done the same with my health. My health is that one area that I continually get in my own way about because I don't know. I, I can't find the solution to what I'm actually frightened of that prevents me from doing the things I actually want to do. So now I make a choice to find smaller steps, which we talk about all the time. Small steps consistently lead to change. 
so it's finding the smaller steps. So it's like the Pilates. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna try it. I'm gonna go to one class, and then from one class it turns into, I'm gonna go once a week to these private classes, and then it turns into, well, if I go to the group classes, I could probably go every day if I wanted to, but I don't want to do that. I can step down to twice a week. That would be perfect for me, good balance for my life. So it's just stepping one bit at a time to the next bit. Now I can make a new goal. Okay, well, what's the next thing that I want rather than chewing off the big thing? But what's actually wrong with chewing off the big thing? What's wrong with identifying that I want to live on the beach? I want to have a house on the beach, not a block away, not on the corner. I mean, on the beach so I can wake up in the morning, walk out and be on the beach and go for a walk on the beach every day. What's wrong with saying that? And yet I don't. I don't tell anyone that's what I actually want inside. I don't even let my husband, well, I do let him, but I don't even encourage him to want to eat out every day of the week if that's what he wants to do in his retirement. We just tend to get in our own way. And you said something earlier, I think it's about our fears around what we feel we do and don't deserve. Yeah, I think so. So we, we, so rather than sit here and think, well, like, you know what, I work hard, I totally deserve that house on the beach or I work hard, I totally deserve my X, Y, Z health goals. We just let them simmer away in our heads without actually purposely working towards what that looks like for us and our families. And when we take the time to put it out there, as you say, and I agree with you, it sounds woo-woo and it's not. It's real. It makes real change because you do change your focus. Suddenly you're, you have your eye on the prize and so each day you're moving towards the prize rather than moving away. So we've got some big goals next year for you guys in business that we're going to push you now and you're going to be sharing with everyone in the group. Yes. And we're working towards um, some getting another climber. I know that's a big focus for you guys at the moment is getting some more people on your team to support both you and Brendan in your journey. What other things are you comfortable sharing that you've got on your plate for next year? Probably not for next year, but one of my big goals is to get the yard and the workshop so that work and home are separate. Mm. Um, yeah, I can't see that happening in the next 12 months, but it's on the list. And um, at the same time, I do know that if I put it as a high priority on that list, <laughs> I know I can get there because I know I've smashed all the other goals, yeah. even the ones that seemed impossible, um, you know, like our buying our house, that, you know, just once I made that decision that we were buying a house and this is how we're going to do it it went it was like a five or six year plan we did it in two and a half to mm -hmm. three years so I know it's possible everything's possible it's just the getting out of my own way to actually put it as that priority got to trust I think that's yeah. the big thing trust ourselves trust our environment trust the universe trust everything to hold us right and we'll get where we need to go Oh, definitely. All right, Amy, how are you feeling? You still feeling the fear or have you pushed through? I, I pushed through. I actually feel good. And the same as last time. As soon as I finished that last podcast, I felt amazing. Even though I know that I sounded stupid and there was a few things that I was like, oh, my God, I said that. Um, to know that I've done it is, for me, that's the success. I did it. It doesn't matter what it sounded like. I did it. You nailed it yet again. Thank you. I appreciate you being vulnerable with me today. I appreciate you trusting me because this was a big call that I threw on your last minute that we were going to talk about fear um, instead of talking about the business as such, even though they're intertwined. 
I appreciate you trusting me. Can you let everyone know where they can find you if they'd like to find out more about Amy and Touchwood Trees? Yes, yeah, so we're Touchwood Tree Services um, on our website, Instagram, Facebook. I think that's it. Um, yeah. Excellent. We'll make sure we include all the links for you in the show notes, team. Um, we're up to, this is episode seven of the Ladies in Business podcast. I can't believe it myself. See, there's wow. another few that I've ticked off. So what I would really love our listeners to do is get in touch and send us some feedback. Are we heading in the right direction? Are you enjoying these episodes? Is there a particular guest that you would love to hear from? Is there a style of show or theme to the show that you would like us to cover? We'd really love some feedback from you all so that we can get this right for you because this is what we're doing it for. It's for you. It's not for me. Um, it's very much for you, the listener. So please take a moment to reach out via the show notes, drop us a review on iTunes. You can't do it on Spotify yet. Um, or come and hit us up at the website, tradiesandbusiness.com.au and let us know your thoughts. I'd really appreciate it. Thank you, Amy. It's a pleasure as always. Thank you for having me. And I'm, I'm honoured that you invited me back for another one. Anytime. You are a dream. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for listening to another episode of Ladies in Business. Got a guest you'd like us to interview? Maybe you have a story to share or some feedback to give. Find us on socials or drop us a message via the Tradies in Business website. Take care of yourself, ladies.